0: First off, there is no objective measurements by which we decide we are making disciples or we're not and that we are fixated on a program approach uh, to everything and programs don't make disciples. Um, We're also committed to a information dump because we assume that if you have the information, therefore you will, you know proceed to transformation and transformation because of regeneration.
1: You're listening to the Rethinking Kingdom podcast, a podcast about rethinking and reforming a culture of biblical discipleship, looking through the lenses of the kingdom. Now, let's listen in to today's discussion. invited Kent to get a, I would say, a missions perspective of discipleship since Kent for years has gone to other nations and discipled nations where we are, are looking at it from the other side, from the church perspective. Obviously, ask them different questions, but I'd like to just turn them loose. Is that okay?
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely uh, just looking forward to the conversation and hearing Kent's uh, perspectives. Like Barry was sharing Kent, uh, we've been discussing discipleship as it pertains to individuals as well as you know the lack thereof in the church these days and you know, what that is leaving us with as far as uh, an unempowered and an uneducated body. Uh, about who we are and what we're to become. So just been uh, pressing into those things for many years myself and uh, going after it to to see about making that shift. Um, My current press is to have discussion groups in and around Rethinking Discipleship And creating a culture of disciple makers and i also know that we don't need to reinvent the wheel there's so much good work out there it's just about how disconnected and disjointed it all seems to be Mm -hmm. uh and so i'm looking for creative ways to bring people together not just in our sameness but also to celebrate our differences to talk Mm -hmm. about those things that make us different that gives us a bigger picture of what God is saying and doing versus a more narrow one based on we only want to stay in our our little pond. So Mm -hmm. all of these things are super important to becoming the corporate bride identity, and that's the nutshell version of where I'm at. (laughs)
0: Great. Well, I think it's obviously a – much-needed conversation, and you're correct, Barry. Uh, it, it's quite a, a a wide berth of discussion on the subject of discipleship, and uh, we don't need to reinvent the wheel, but we do need to get the wheel moving. Um, and I would say that we don't have to take our our opinion about these things. It used to be that way, but research has finally caught up, you know, like Barna and others, who has put out, just this last year, staggering research, uh, one of which is about biblical worldview and finding that there is less than 17% of the people currently attending church. By that, that would mean they're probably going at least two out of four times a month, and they consider themselves church-going Christians. But of that segment less than 17 percent had a biblical worldview 61 um had a a new age worldview 21 had a marxist solid marxist concept which is you can't have marxism and christianity you know i mean history's proven that just read the the karl marx manifesto you'll understand that religion yeah. is the opium of the people it is the poison that has confused people therefore We've got to get rid of it. Uh, the religion of communism is the state. Yeah. So they're not compatible. Uh, and so the fact that you could have in the evangelical camp, 21% of the people who are looking through the lens of reality and, or how they measure reality in life, and they're looking through a lens of Marxism, that is not, that is not going to bode well for us. So, and again, I've never met a pastor that when we have these conversation has never, has ever said, no, we're not dissecting. They all believe they are. And, and it's uh, whether we're talking missions field or we're talking here, there, there's a couple of things that are the crux of this, which gives support to this um, disconnect that you talked about a moment ago, Barry. And that is number one, uh, the belief that you're doing something without actually measuring something. If you actually measured it, you'd find out you're not. Okay. Then you'd be forced to do something about it. First off, there is no objective measurements by which we decide we are making disciples or we're not, and that we are fixated on a program approach right. uh, to everything. Mm-hmm. And programs don't make disciples. Um, we're also committed to an information dump because we assume that if you have the information, Therefore, you will, you know, proceed to transformation and transformation because of regeneration. The fact is, the evidence is that that's not true. Okay, otherwise, we'd have an enormous army of about um, eighty-five million disciples of various mm-hmm. brands uh, that would be affecting this culture, and this culture would not be in the in the tailspin it is right now. Uh, you couldn't have that many born again disciples who are opening their mouth and voting based on biblical content and end up with the the toilet that we've got right now. So those are feeding it. And then the other thing that feeds it is we tend to replicate what we are. So from a missions perspective, we are replicating the same model that we are doing here in the States, which is information dump, get somebody converted, get them in the church, get them to sit there, get them to pay their tithes, and then behave themselves. And and that is, in essence, it. Your calling is to sit here and listen to me tell you on Sunday morning what you need to do and to have a shared, you know, worship experience. And the more esoteric it is or the more more feeling, the more empowering for those moments it is. But it's not transformative. Mm -hmm. So we export what we are. And that's where the big disconnect comes in missions then. So we have, we have planted hundreds of thousands of churches, we meaning the church in general, around the world and done a great job of planting the church. We've done a lousy job of making disciples. And, and here, herein lies, okay, so where's the objective evidence of that? Well, when I served as a missionary on their missions field in South Africa, I came into uh, that country knowing and experiencing that we had already been there 75 years building the church. And, and keep in mind that well, it's like anything in life. If you don't have an end in mind, then you will never reach an end. You will always reinvent the reason why you need to be there. All right. Which is quintessentially the, the, the catch-22 in missions. You believe in indigenous principles, but you don't actually act on them because you never actually ever leave anywhere. You just reinvent the reason why you need to stay. So we're not out to really plant a church that is full of disciples that affect and change their world. Uh, we are out to create churches that people attend, and that's the that's the goal. So therefore, you always need us. You always need our money and so forth and so forth. We were called to make disciples. Yeah. Um, that's it. it. It doesn't get any simpler than that. But one of our problems, too, whether in missions or whether at home, is that when you try to pin people down, you, they can't define for you what, what a disciple is. After 10 years serving with them, I had a conversation with the leader of the entire African continent region. And I asked, because at that time, we were going through social upheaval in South Africa because the NC moved into power. So it looked like the conversation was that everybody's going to have to be booted out. And so I asked the question, what happens to now almost 85 years of investment, and how many millions of dollars of investment? Uh, What happens to this? And that director uh, said to me, you know exactly what will happen in less than 90 days, 85 years of work will collapse. Mm -hmm. And that's what started me then on this deep dive look at missions and particularly the method that we were doing. And what was it we were called to make disciples? not plant a church. You gotta have a church. If you got disciples, you're gonna have a church, but you can have a church without having disciples, which is the American experiment, okay, improve. Looking at that, I felt, okay, we need to uh, reinvent or relook at why we're involved in the missions and what should be the outcome. So to Barry's point, um, I started on a, on a venture of starting something called Crossroads International, which is a focused missions organization on indigenous principles So we begin not with Western missionaries, but with national partners that we've identified and we recruit and then we resource them for missions. But we build the ministry around their gifting and their personality and their burdens. But the goal of it in it is to disciple that individual, both as a man of God, but as a man entrusted with a calling too. And then we released that person and then they carried on. So in South Africa, uh, we not only indigenized the work there, but today the one person I discipled has 15 people on his staff and they're out doing a multiplicity of different ministries. But all of them have a goal of to win converts, but take those handful of converts and now begin a systematic way of relationally discipling them. So to your point, you said something earlier, Barry, at the beginning about wanting to create groups of disciple makers. Those are kind of my term. I don't know if that's the term you used, but that's exactly. So what we've done is the mission isn't to go do the humanitarian thing. The mission isn't to plant the church. The mission isn't to do water wells. We might do all of those things. The mission is to make disciples, to get there, to get a reason to be in your community. We may dig a well. We may plant a church, typical evangelism. We may use humanitarian aid, like a feeding program ongoing, to get us a reason to be in your community so that we can have conversations about the gospel, so that we can see Christ bring you into faith, so that we can disciple you, so that we can form a church. So uh, it's a different approach because the outcome is to make disciples. If, if you're not doing that, then we're not interested. Uh, We think you're wasting God's time and resources. Um, So that's how missions evolve for us. That's how this whole idea of discipleship. And then we realized that when I first was doing it, it had to be relational. It couldn't be an information dump. Now, let me back up and quantify that. Information is required for discipleship to have a chance to take place. But information is not discipleship. Uh, The the fact that through a sermon or through a conference, you just do this heavy dump truck load of information does not guarantee that the person is uh, any better other than better informed, but they are not transformed. And the regeneration, the proof of salvation has to be in regeneration. And that's that ends the argument whether we're talking about gender identity or whether we're talking about same-sex marriage, or if we're talking about can you have mistresses in a foreign country? Can you have five, fifteen wives? All of it's answered simply by that. If we're discussing some of these things, the question should be: Is the person I'm discussing with have you experienced regeneration? Because regeneration will go to the whole issue of a of a biblical worldview.